Powering your home with solar energy is becoming a real option for more of us. Just 10 years ago, you rarely saw residential solar panels in most parts of the country, but that's changing. As energy prices continue to soar and the threat from global warming increases, going solar is growing in popularity. Maybe it's time you took a look at SunPower. I'm Herb Weisbaum, the Consumer Man, a contributing editor at Checkbook.org. Welcome to Consumerpedia. At Checkbook.org, we're the nonprofit that helps consumers select services, avoid trouble, and save money. Because we don't accept any advertising or take money from any business we recommend, you can rely on Checkbook.org to be completely independent and objective. Now, here's the host of Consumerpedia, America's consumer expert, the consumer man, Herb Weisbaum. There's never been a better time to install a solar energy system. It can dramatically lower your energy costs, and in some cases, you can eliminate your electric bill. Switching to solar is expensive, but tax incentives can help lower the cost. In this episode of Consumerpedia, we'll discuss your options and look at how much you can really save, plus how to find a good installer and ways to pay for that solar project. Checkbook's executive editor, Kevin Brassler, who's been writing about home energy conservation for more than 25 years, is here to shine a little light on all of this for us. Hey, Herb. How are you? Let's start with why you believe this is probably the best time to go solar, why things have all sort of come together to make this a logical project for so many more people. Yeah, I, I will say it's the best time to go solar with a, an asterisk, and we'll get to the asterisk in a minute. The reason is, is that we've finally reached the point where the panels have become quite efficient at producing you know, electricity from sunlight, and the cost of the panels have come down also. And so we're kind of in this sweet spot of, for most homes and the U.S., installing solar is an expensive project, but over time you will reap enough rewards from the electricity that those panels produce to where you'll actually pay for the project. For a long time, it was, you know, just enthusiasts, environmental enthusiasts were into this, but now we've reached the point to where things are really starting to flow toward more. This is a sensible thing to do for most homeowners in general from a financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. The asterisk is... Like everything else these days, there's a lot of supply chain issues with solar panels right now. And so the prices have gone up somewhat. They're still quite low to compare with where they were, you know, 10 years ago or so, based on how much energy they can produce. But it might have a hard time getting stuff done quickly if you want to go ahead with a solar project. It may make sense to wait six months or even a year to see if those supply issues work themselves out. That way it may be, you know, easier to get a project done than trying to do it right now. Yeah, something like 90% of solar panels are made in China, and obviously we have that whole global shipping problem, so it may be difficult to get the product right now to install. Yeah, I think if you're interested, it's worth starting out, talking to installers, taking the steps we'll discuss today. Just know it may take longer to get your project done now than it did six months or so ago, and, and it could get better. It should get better. It's really hard to say. There's been a lot of controversy over solar panels, the ones made in China, whether they're going to slap additional tariffs on them. But having said all that, I still think this is something something worth considering right now, especially if you want to really reduce the amount of electricity that you use in terms of you want to switch to a renewable resource. If that's the case, if you're looking at renewable energy, this is the way to go. The technology is there now to where it's a sensible thing to do. Do you have any ballpark figure of what a basic system would cost for the average house in America? So it depends on how big of a system you want or need and somewhat on where you live. 
But overall, you're looking at between 8,000 and 15,000 in most cases. That's what it's going to take to buy a, you know, the panels in the system to take care of your electricity costs for an entire year. And that's what most homeowners these days are targeting. They're trying to basically do away with an electricity bill. Well, to put it in perspective, that's significantly less than it would cost you to re-roof the house to put a new roof on. Well, and actually, there's companies out there that instead of offering these solar panels, which, as our colleague Jeff Bliskell said, it looks like a you know the International Space Station has crashed into your roof. They're not very attractive. Right. <laughs> right. You can buy solar shingles. Uh, we discuss those on our website in our full coverage of this. Uh, they're not as efficient as panels, but that is another option. You could buy, instead of a new roof, buy a new roof with these solar shingles, and it would be more expensive, but it's not other option. And how much can we reduce the cost with tax incentives? So right now there's a 26% federal tax incentive. It's a credit that you get. You'll have to pay for the project, but then later on you can get this tax credit when you file your taxes. Beyond that, Every locality, every state, different utilities offer various rebates and incentives. And so what you can get in terms of basically price support for a solar panel project very much depends on where you live. So for example, Illinois and the District of Columbia, those are examples of of areas where there are very, very strong incentives for solar. And because the incentives are so strong in those places, your project can pay for itself in as few as two, three years for a pretty large size project. Mm -hmm. But other states like where I live, I live right across the river from DC in Virginia, there are very few incentives at all. And so that means that your payback period is going to be much longer. If I put a solar project on my roof, uh, it would probably take me 12 years or so to recoup those costs. The same is true for you, Herb, in Washington State. There's very few incentives out there for solar. And until they increase those incentives, your payback period is going to be longer. But we are, I would say, at the point now where among the states even that have weak incentives, the payback periods are pretty short for solar. I mean, over the years, in some places, the payback for solar projects was 30 plus years, which means you'd never really get the value of the project. So if you're thinking in terms of payback periods and recouping your investment, we've at least finally, even in states with weak incentives, reached the point where it does make sense to consider this from a financial perspective. And in a lot of states with really strong incentives, it's a slam dunk. Like if you live in Illinois or the District of Columbia, you definitely should be considering these projects right now because there's so much incentive money out there for them. You you almost immediately see the benefit financially from doing this. I often hear people say, yeah, solar is great, but not where I live. We don't get enough sunshine. And just to prove the point that it can work anywhere, there's the building called the Bullet Center in downtown Seattle, the greenest commercial building in the world they build themselves as. I've been through the place. And they have solar. That's how they power the building. In the summertime, it puts energy back into the grid. And in the wintertime, it takes a little bit off the grid. But when you average it out, it's net zero energy usage. Just to prove that even in Seattle, where it's not all that sunny, you can actually make solar panels work for you. Yeah. And it's not all that sunny. And, and there are times of the year when you don't get much daylight, right? Where maybe only right. light outside for eight, 10 hours a day. And that proves that these panels have gotten efficient enough to where even in a place like Washington State, it isn't probably the best zone for solar, not just because of daylight, but because electricity is just so darn cheap there because of hydro. But really, I think everyone in the lower 48 in Hawaii should be considering solar, very strongly considering it, especially if you're looking to cut back on your emission, trying to do your part for the environment. If you're interested, in renewables and you think you're going to be in your house for more than four or five years, I do think that solar is worth considering with some other caveats, which we'll get to in a minute. Before we get into the nuts and bolts, are there any downsides you came up with in researching this story? 
I think the biggest downside is that a lot of homeowners are heavily marketed to enter into leasing agreements. Basically, what they'll do is they'll install solar panels on your roof, and then there's two different types of arrangements. Uh, One is that company, they own those solar panels, and they get control of any incentives from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other case, you're leasing them versus they own them. Uh, The arrangements are pretty similar in that what happens to you as the homeowner is, is that you have a monthly payment for electricity for as long as that lease or arrangement continues. And so your monthly payment, it's going to be anywhere between 40 and $120 a month, depending on where you live and what you put on your roof. The downside is I think a lot of homeowners don't really fully understand what they're doing with these agreements. They run into trouble or they could run into trouble when they go to sell their home because now they're trying to sell a home and they don't really own all the home. The business Mm -hmm. they've partnered with also owns the home. And so they're very complicated agreements. We in general decided that we don't like them, that we, we really would push consumers to not enter those agreements. It's better to own your own stuff than to have part of your home owned by someone else. Sure. Uh, but a lot of the companies that are marketing them have, yeah, they put out overly optimistic scenarios in terms of what you're getting out of this. And that's true even when you're buying. And so that's the one thing I think consumers really should look out for when doing this is that you really do have to be cynical about some of the promises some of these companies make. Make sure that you're carefully considering any offers. I think the other thing, uh, all these solar companies now offer financing. So, you know, you don't want to put down $15,000 up front for one of these projects. Well, they'll happily lend you the money and they do it over like 20, 30 year notes, right? It's like a mortgage. And so while that makes it quite affordable, brings your monthly payment for solar way, way down, you know, $60 a month, something like that. Now you've added thousands of dollars in finance charges to your purchase. And so you do need to consider, well, I could have invested this money versus I'm borrowing the money. Just like any other financial arrangement, you need to be pretty careful about what you're entering into. So you're ready to take the plunge or at least interested in finding out if solar will work for you. Where do you start? We're going to talk about that next. This is Consumerpedia, powered by Checkbook.org. Thinking about going solar? Checkbook has evaluations and ratings for energy contractors in these seven metro areas. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis-St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. Our advice is always free. Ratings of local services are available with a subscription. If you live in one of these seven areas and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Get a free 30-day subscription by going to checkbook.org slash consumerpedia. All right, Kevin, we talked about the benefits of solar. Maybe folks listening are now interested in finding out how to get started. Where do you start? What's the first thing you do? The first thing you want to do is make sure your roof's a good candidate for solar. You can pretty much put panels up on any roof, but the best roofs are those that have a southern exposure and that don't have shade for obvious reasons, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's you're going to maximize the amount of sunlight and the angle of the sunlight hitting your roof and the panels. And so you're going to produce you know, the max amount of electricity. If you have an eastern or western facing roof, uh, you can still put panels up there. It just means that they're going to produce less electricity than others. And so you're going to get less of a benefit, but you can still do it. The biggest issue usually is shade. Like if there's really shady trees and they're evergreens, you you have to think about, you know, trimming them back or getting rid of some trees. But even there, often you can get away with solar, even with some, some shade on your roof. Uh, The second thing you really need to do is evaluate the age of your roof and how much longer you think you're going to be able to get away with having that roof. Like 
My house is the perfect candidate for solar. We have our roof is way, way up in the air. There's no tree shading it. It's got a due south facing exposure on the backside. So no one will ever even know we have panels back there. But the problem is my roof is like 18 years old and a lot of people run into trouble. They put these solar panels up on their roofs and then, you know, in a few years they need to have a roof replacement done. And a lot of roofing contractors are like, hey, I'm not touching these panels, right? You mm. have to find somebody else to deal with this. And so you do want to explore, you know, you know, should I get it? Go ahead and get a new roof now. The new roof is going to last 20, 30 years. The solar panels are going to last about that long. And so you do kind of want to consider that as a trade-off, right? If I need a new roof, what's going to happen? If you have a newer roof, then you're a better candidate for solar. But if it's still under warranty, like the installer's warranty, you need to check with the roofer to make sure that it's not going to void your warranty by having someone up there doing this work. So it's yet another step to check. By the way, we have a whole bunch of articles about how to find a good roofer and ratings for the seven cities where we publish. So uh, that's a good place to start if you have to put the roof on before you put the solar panels on. Right. If you live in a neighborhood with a homeowners association, I would assume you need to check with them and make sure that it's okay to do this first? The shorter answer is yes. Go ahead and check with them, especially if you live in a historic district. States have their own laws in terms of whether the associations can prohibit you from putting solar panels on your roof at all. And in many states, they cannot prohibit it. Some allow it. So it's just best to check with your homeowners association to see what they say. But in general, you can install solar panels. It's just the association might have rules like it has to be on the back of your house. But even then, sometimes they can't demand it be on the back of your house if it greatly affects the project in terms of energy production. So obviously, solar panels don't work when there's no sun, which means you either have to hook up to the power grid or possibly store the energy generated during the daylight hours in batteries. So what's the state of battery technology right now? Tesla has gotten involved in solar projects, and Tesla has a lot of patents on battery technology, obviously. It's a pretty small part of its business. Elon Musk has said, oh, it's going to, over time, it's going to be about the same amount of revenue as we get from selling cars, but they are a long, long way from there. But the big draw, the big marketing of Tesla is that they have batteries. They have these you know, solar walls that you can buy to store electricity. And the main reason you might want to do that is that a lot of people buying solar panels, when you have them installed, they are still connected to the grid, right? Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned about the building in Seattle, what they do is usually you have enough capacity on your roof to take care of your electricity costs for the whole year. But at night, your panels aren't producing. So at night, your home will still be drawing electricity from the grid. But the system on your roof is large enough to where it, during the daytime, you're producing excess electricity and you're selling it back to the grid. So you're producing what you need to power everything in your home. And then the extra, basically, your, your power meter runs in reverse. And so people are buying solar panel systems sized to take care of their electricity needs. And what Tesla and other battery manufacturers are offering is instead of having to use power from the grid at nighttime, you can store it in your own batteries during the day and then use it yourself. So you are, in theory, ridding yourself completely from this dirty grid with coal and gas burning powered plants. And the other big benefit, of course, is that if the power goes out, if the grid goes out, well, now you have a battery with stored electricity in it and you can keep all your stuff going. The problem is with us is that we found that these batteries are just, they're pretty expensive and it just adds to the cost of projects. So if you feel really strongly about really sharply, you know, not basically buying juice from the grid, then I think they're worth considering. If you're thinking about them in terms of, well, the power sometimes goes out, like especially here in the Washington area, we have these terrible storms and it knocks power out for hours. If you want them as, a, as an emergency backup, 
I think actually it makes better sense to go out and buy a diesel generator because they're just less expensive than the batteries and they last longer and they're probably just overall a better deal. Straight ahead, what do you need to do to get a good contractor to install your solar project? We'll talk about that next on Consumerpedia, powered by Checkbook.org. Consumerpedia Fast Facts. Solar power is the planet's most abundant energy resource. Every hour, we get enough solar energy to meet the power needs for the entire planet for a full year. Solar power was officially discovered in 1839, when the photovoltaic effect, turning sunlight into electricity, was discovered. Bell Labs created the modern silicone solar cells in 1954. All right, Kevin, like any other home improvement project, it's really important to get some contractor that knows what they're doing. It's going to charge you a reasonable price. And I would assume with solar insulation, they have to have a sort of specialty area where they know what they're doing with these things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really need to meet with several companies and get bids from each. We did that. Our undercover shoppers did that for 14 homes, two each and seven different metro areas and found really big price differences for the exact same installation. Uh, In some cases, we found that some installers charge $10,000 more than others for the same work, for the same project. And so to make sure you're getting a good price, definitely meet with more than one installer and get several bids. And with this kind of project, you absolutely need to check on credentials. Yeah. So in addition to price, you definitely need to ask about experience. Ask how many projects they've completed. Ask if they have experience getting permits pulled for your project. If they have experience getting projects approved in terms of connecting to your utility. This is not something where you want to be a test case for someone who's new to this at all. Uh, You want somebody who's done a lot of these installs and knows how it works and knows how to deal with the paperwork and how to get stuff approved. And I would probably with something like this, talk to previous customers. I'd want to know how they did. They're crawling up around your roof. I want to make sure they're not doing any damage up there. Yeah, we've collected some ratings of solar installers. You can get those at checkbook.org. It does make sense to talk to other customers and really make sure that, you know, you're checking on things like licensing and insurance. You know, they need to have an electrical contractor's license, for example, and that they have uh, liability and workers' comp insurance. This can be pretty dangerous work, uh, not just dangerous in terms of climbing around your roof, but dangerous to you personally if they install things incorrectly and create a fire hazard. Kevin, I would dare say that most people listening to this podcast have very little ideas about all the minutiae of a solar installation. Is there the potential here for a contractor, a less than reputable contractor, to do a whole bunch of upselling here and get you to spend money that you really don't have to spend? Yeah, I mean, one thing we found that tend to be a problem with some contractors is they recommended systems that were just, you know, much bigger than what we needed in terms of the amount of electricity we, you know, our homes needed to produce over the year. Uh, and one reason they did that is because the bigger the system, the more they're selling you. So in general, you want to limit what you're buying to what you need in terms of electricity usage over the course of a year. One reason for that is that in some states, uh, your utility won't even approve your project if it's too big. Uh, With others, they basically will stop buying electricity from you if you're producing too much. So in general, you know, don't think, well, I'm going to install this massive system on my roof and I'm going to get rich as an electricity producer. Uh, And a lot of times you're just not going to get that money back. In some states, there are fewer kind of restrictions on that and you might actually be beneficial to do. But one thing we found is that sometimes the installers were recommending projects that were way too big. The other thing they were doing is, and I mentioned this before, is they were pushing leasing deals that we just don't think are very good deals for homeowners. They're attractive in that they don't require the big upfront spending, 
But over time, we just think it's better to own your own stuff. Uh, the other thing you know to be careful of is they, they often use language. It's like return on investment or they, they talk about, you know, how many tons of carbon you will not be producing each year and stuff. And I just think you need to remain pretty cynical and skeptical of these things, that this is a big decision. It's a lot of money and you definitely want to be working with an installer that's not trying to push you into something you're not ready for. Kevin, in a previous episode of Consumerpedia, we talked about the simple things that you can do around the house to make it more energy efficient. Is that the way to start before you decide whether you go solar or not? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of ways our homes just passively waste electricity throughout the day. You have leaks that could be sealed. Uh, you have ductwork that should be better insulated and sealed. You know, you can improve the insulation in your attics. I mean, you have to keep in mind that most of the energy that we pay for for our residences is, is for heating and cooling costs. And so anything you can do to improve that, to improve insulation and, and maybe buy more efficient HVAC equipment, uh, is going to take you a long way to lowering what you're using. Having said that, if you really want to invest in renewables, if you really want to reduce your carbon footprint and the amount of pollution you're emitting, solar for sure is for you. It is a big investment. It takes a lot of money up front to do. But if you think you're going to be in your home for a while, I definitely think it makes sense to look at. Sort of a philosophical question before we let you go. Wouldn't it make more sense for the power companies to switch to green power, which in our area here in Seattle, they're actually doing. They're investing heavily in solar and also in wind power and get it from the power company Then all of us stick solar cells up on our roof. I mean, when I was in Germany a couple of years ago, they have acres and acres and acres of these solar farms. It would seem like a massive project and they can have big battery systems to store it would make a lot of sense in every homeowner sticking a solar cell on the roof. I just, I'm curious if you have any thoughts about that. No, you're right. And, and it would make sense for local governments to say, you know what, if you want to build something new uh, in this jurisdiction, you need to put solar panels on the roof. And mm. that's happening in some cities in this country, but very few. Uh, it does happen in, in parts of Europe. And it's another thing they could do is if it's for a home project, right? If you want to build a new home, then you need to put solar panels on the roof, especially if you're going to charge over a million dollars or something for the home. Well, then you've made it more affordable because, yeah, it's going to cost more to build that home, $15,000 more or whatever. But the cost of that solar project will get spread out over a 30-year mortgage. And so it just becomes more affordable overall for people to do. It doesn't leave basically just the wealthy with enough extra money to invest in solar involved in it. You know, it's not just that, you know, geothermal heat pumps. It makes mm -hmm. sense to consider having these installed in homes when they're being built. It's easier to design the system. Uh, you don't have to ruin landscaping to dig down and, and create the loop you need for those systems. You know, it's interesting that most of the solar industry is still being supported by federal incentives by federal tax incentives that we are already subsidizing this entire industry through tax credits and other incentives sure and so i think it does make sense given that that we're already very much you know propping up this industry to think of other ways to make it even more efficient and more widespread there's much that can be done in this area and you can read much more about this solar as well as energy conservation tips around the house and get ratings if you're a subscriber. Just go to checkbook.org. Kevin Brassler is our executive editor. Kevin, you gave us a lot to think about today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's this edition of Consumerpedia. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember, we release new episodes every other Thursday. Another way you can support the show is to follow Consumerpedia on Facebook and Instagram and at MyConsumerpedia on Twitter. I'm Herb Weisbaum, Checkbook.org. Consumerpedia is a public service of Checkbook.org. 
We're a unique nonprofit that empowers you, the consumer, to save money and make smarter choices. From auto repair shops to doctors, plumbers to vets, you can count on Checkbook.org to help you find the best services and avoid the worst. Local ratings are unbiased and accurate. If you live in or around these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. To get your free 30-day subscription, go to checkbook.org slash consumerpedia. Consumerpedia, empowering consumers to save money and make smarter choices.